It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. Toulouse Away Edition. This is Alan Deacon. Hi, Rob. It's being recorded after the game, so that's why our tone of voice is a little bit different than it should be. Here's some of the flashes from the game, some moments from our commentary, and we'll join you in a second. Good steady scrum defensively for Connacht initially. Now Toulouse get the pressure on. It goes down. And they get the penalty. Quick tap, didn't expect that. They're going for the line. Or Connacht are live. They're trying to do what Was did to them last week. They haven't taken another scrum. And Connacht have made the tackle. That in itself is a good stop for Connacht. But Toulouse again try and go in at the fringe. And again, Connacht making those hits. Another pick and go. If they touch it off the base of the post in this scenario, they can get the score. They've laid it off. Connacht in trouble. Muldoon pushed away from it. But still, Connacht hold them out. Underneath the Connacht post, one move towards that base of the post and get a touchdown they don't do it why do teams not do that advantage to Toulouse for a penalty so we'll see what they can do can they get over the line wonderful defence going in here from Connacht tackle after tackle in around the fringes Bezzy digs it out Gray's a decoy they pop it off they get it over I think they might have got the touchdown there no they haven't now they do it just took a matter of time relentless from Toulouse and they get in in the far left hand corner yeah, as I say, I think it's going to be a case of can they keep this going for the rest of the game? Connick, all Connick have to do is come down here and score as soon as they get an opportunity to do so. They need to get hold of the ball, keep it away from, from Toulouse for a bit of time, get down here, pop three points over the bar where it's a penalty, drop goal, whatever, and keep that, keep it ticking over. De retour à Ernest Vallon avec David Escrela, mais écoutez, c'est Toulouse qui vient de cette saison, la plus élevée sujet, les 4 mètres, allez, avance, relâchez le ballon pour Bonneval à la course de Servi par Luget, oui, il est parti de loin, 2 et 16, oh, David Scrilla. Ouais. ouais, sur une belle mêlée toulousaine de gauche à droite, une mêlée sur les 30 mètres de Toulousaine. Here's Craig Ronaldson, the kick, 11 metres inside the Toulouse, uh, Toulouse half of the field, and maybe 20 metres in from the touchline. He's a left-footed kicker, it's slightly to the left of the post. Long way out though, drills it towards those posts. And gets it. Three big points for Connick. Their first score of the game, 14 points to three. The margin is 11. If Connick get that margin to within seven, and Toulouse don't get two more tries. It's Connick to go through. Big score. Big score and uh, kick almost in complete silence, which is a bit of a, a bit of a shock to me in France. That mightn't be the case. Might if it, if it might change if it gets closer. <laughs> but that is a reward for some good play by Dennis Buckley, and that just gives you a little bit of a bit, a bit more percentage in the game yeah. Yeah, this is getting really really tough now this is exactly what uh, Toulouse would have wanted at the start of the second half field position Connacht giving away penalties they had uh, here's Quinn Roo Roo comes back on good timing referee holds the play and Quinn Roo and the Simbin is over 46 and a half minutes gone Toulouse have a line out 5 metres from the Connacht line and they lead by 14 points to 3 it's an 11 point margin converted try would really put them on the verge of the quarterfinals Connacht need to get back into this game and they'll need an unbelievable effort in defence to stop this they tried to come through on that legally they don't Toulouse get over the line the Corey referee has signalled to try big moment 19 points to 3 there are one try from the bonus point that will put this well and truly beyond Connacht interesting to follow 5 metres scrum to Connacht 15 metres in from the touchline the lads are laughing at me for even trying to get into these explanations big game I will continue to do so though 52 minutes and 50 seconds on the clock Connacht have a 5 metre scrum on the Toulouse line can they exercise a bit of power against this big Toulouse pack well they've steadied the ball first of all at the base now they're going to play it Marmion, Carty Carty out to Rob that's as simple as you like he's going for the line he's almost over he stopped just short Marmion's going to try and get in pops it up try time Connick have scored and Muldoon is the man who's gone over brilliant
brilliant fantastic from Peter Robb he took two men out and dragged them over to the line which gave us quick ball for the first time in a long time and we got it over the line fantastic play from Peter Robb les Irlandais avec le talonneur Eferman qui avançait ils arrivent sur les 50 mètres dedans avec Mudlon le capitaine qui a relâché son équipe en seconde période avec son essai c'est extraordinaire ce connard fantastique cette province irlandaise qui mérite c'est fini ça y est qui mérite avec maintenant la charge attention pas de faute de la part de Toulouse oh, c'est fini Toulouse Toulouse à la 80ème il faut taper en touche pour retrouver les quarts de finale après deux ans de sevrage la discipline toulousaine les contre-rêves les mais ils sont extraordinaires ces Irlandais chapeau messieurs du connard bravo ils sont effondrés les pauvres ah ils ont tout donné John Cooney has a short side to attack. Lots of defenders there. John Muldoon has it. Try score for Connick. 19-10 to Toulouse. Connick need just three points to get to the quarterfinals, though. That's all you need to know. They're still inside their no own mistakes. half the field. No mistakes. Hold on to the ball. Oh, Halloran's going to try and chance. go through two players. And he needs some guys to clean out. Toulouse are on their feet. This could be the game. They've won the game. 80 minutes on the clock. They've got to the quarterfinals as well. 19 points to 10. Isolated. O'Halloran. And the game is done and dusted, both in terms of the result, but Connick just needed to get within seven points. And they haven't achieved it. They are going out of the Champions Cup, I'm afraid, folks. And I guess this is the post-game section of the podcast. Yep. Oh. Yeah, disappointing. Disappointed. Um, Tell them where we are. We're, we're in there under the stand and the, under the main stand in Toulouse where they have this indoor training arena it's about 25 metres long uh, plastic pitch and then we're looking in on top of the gym area that they have which is pretty fantastic because uh, this is what they use for their press conference yeah. the game ended about an hour and 15 minutes ago all the media are almost gone there's a couple of guys in uh, jackets over there French journalists typing away most of the Irish journalists are probably up in the stands filing William and Lindy will be on the podcast in a couple of minutes time they're on a bus home they're getting the charge home we have to go home through Frankfurt let's not get into that now we might talk about that in a while but a long hour journey for us this time so be it lots of other Connick fans had the same route via Frankfurt to Toulouse they're going home tomorrow there was a big support over they're going to be desperately disappointed they certainly will um, especially because for 60 minutes of the game it didn't look as though Connacht were going to give them anything to cheer about and then all of a sudden they came alive and, and you know got the try great try from Mull um, got the try got back to within nine points and all they needed or yeah nine points all they needed was one more score and Jack dropped into the pocket I was going ballistic because this is what I've been looking for all week is get that score he dropped into the pocket but for whatever reason the decision was made to go for a try instead of dropping a goal um, no no guarantee he would have got it but yeah you'd like to have seen him try yeah and you said it with such enthusiasm you're like Cardi's in the drop goal position and I just it's been four years I wasn't expecting it I was like holy moly I think he is and then, uh, yeah, they decided not to do it. Now, afterwards, look, John Muldoon did make the point that it was only 72 minutes. Who knows what might have happened after that? There was an exit play to do. But at the same time, get get into position. I mean, as far as we were concerned at that point in the game, forget about the 19-10 margin. It was a two-point margin. And Connick yes. were two points down. Get ahead, see what happens. Exactly. You know, and, and, you know, <laughs> there's no point in trying to defend a position you have no... We've no defence, which is where we were. Like, you're better off defending something. Mm. And Connick weren't defending anything because they were nine points down. Get your score go for it you have to go the worst thing you know there's three scenarios with a drop it goes over you go ahead you get the ball back it doesn't go over you get the ball back on the 22 Mm. or they block it down 
mm. you know the chances of them blocking down were quite small because there was nobody expecting it they had nobody ready to run up and, and, and get any blocks in so it would have been a fairly free shot at goal because uh, it wasn't something they would expect us to do um, so yeah I'd just like to have seen them make the decision but you know this is our first time in this competition off our own bat um, even though we are champions and it's you know, there's still lessons to be learned maybe we, we, we denied them a losing bonus point in the sports ground you know you can go back there as well yeah that's lessons that we could get into in more detail this is a light touch start I and mean, we'll get into it in a bit more detail but a lot of regret and one of the things I just said on my radio report was Connacht had a hell of a lot of dominance in the closing quarter in fact first 60 minutes the stats really show that Connacht were outclassed but the last 20 minutes they were the better side then you have to kind of look at the fact that 16 penalties conceded by Connacht and I predict at least 6 or 7 of them came in the last 20 minutes when they were on top by getting isolated Tiernan O'Halloran even made the point himself someone asked him about what happened at the breakdown Toulouse got some great success and he said well I think there was a combination of things I carried the ball into contact a couple of times he said and he said you know I, I didn't kind of stay on my feet for that extra second it could have been the difference so I mean obviously that's the kind of player Tiernan is as a leader he was putting his hand up immediately but there's going to be a lot of regret at how Connacht managed I don't know about whether he's managed the ball or managed the situation managed the momentum would be the way to put it yeah yeah but there's also you know whether whether we like it or not we are still the team with one of the smallest probably the smallest budget in the in the Champions Cup coming up against teams who have won it four and two times in Wasps and Toulouse and with two minutes to go we're in the game and we have a chance of qualifying like we have to be very proud of that fact um, but it's hard to be Alan when we when we had so many opportunities I mean it's very easy to be proud of the team in a general sense Twelve months, we're yeah. not even 12 months on from the greatest day in the history of, of the province from a rugby point of view and there's been change over in players that we knew was, knew was coming our way well before that final so it's easy to be proud of them in a general sense but today it's it, you've got to be critical of them as well you've got to be disappointed in them for, for not kind of deve- you know, delivering on something that they're more than capable of doing uh, I don't know that's a heck of a it's a heck of a team that, that Toulouse have and, and you know I was very surprised at how fit they were I must say I thought they, they, they flagged quite badly in the last 10 minutes of the first half and then they did flag again but they still they still kept going as well they're a superb team like they, they, they are really defensively. Are. I don't want to knock them but they made some awful mistakes and gave Connick gifts in those closing stages just to push my point Bezier's bizarre Gary Owen gave Connick the platform mm-hmm. they turned over the ball in the Connick 22 at the end to give this one more chance which could have yielded something I mean Toulouse were making a lot of mistakes there totally gutted in the line out at key points especially in that second half their scrum wasn't as dominant I mean what more did Connacht want? Well you have to remember they were leading <laughs> Toulouse were leading and it's okay for them to do that the way they play the game it's a, it's, it's a French style of what they do is get as many points on the board as long as you can and then hang on and that's what they do um, you know the fact that we were still fighting them uh, with you know a few minutes to go is, is again credit to where we are yes it's disappointing but we did put ourselves in a position to drop a goal we did look as though we were going to execute it and we just didn't we decided to change our mind and came within fingertips away of getting a try in the corner which you know would have you know would have been to me it's the same result you know you have to defend the try is it? Like, you're going to still have to get your exercise right if you score a try um, and if, you know Toulouse could still have beaten us by doing that so it, that's very hard to, to argue that I, I know John was making that point but you know I think we should be very proud of what happened yes we had chances Okay, we didn't make them, but to have been there in the first place is um, something else, and you'd like to think we learn from them and kick on next year. Some post game audio, and then we'll get into a bit more detail, and we'll hear from Lenny and William. But coming up in the post game press conference, you're going to hear from a few different people. Let's start with the head coach, Pat Lamb, then you're going to hear from Tiernan O'Halloran, and the captain, John Muldoon, who signed a new contract this week. Congratulations to John. 
you must be desperately disappointed to be out of this competition. Oh, frustrated, you know, like uh, when you miss out by two points, it's uh, it's a killer blow, particularly when we had enough chances to to get you know to uh, to get over the line. Um, you know, obviously we, we gave them the last thing you want to do when you come over here, give them a fourteen point lead, and particularly off uh, a couple of system errors, you know, the first one when they broke through and. You know, and there's some courageous tackling. You know, the boys had to keep them out and keep them out, but eventually, you know, but it all came back from a break-up halfway, and then we got a, another system wrong and off the off the scrum and 14 points. A lot of teams that come here could easily fold. Uh, boys came back really well, and um, it. Um, you know, we probably. Uh, we knew, we all knew the situation. We just needed a penalty, a try, and just get it within seven. We were, we were keeping track, and we just knew that we had to do that. And we had chances, um, and uh, and unfortunately, we didn't we didn't take them. Will there be a lot of regret over the way this game panned out? Then at the end, a lot of frustration. Oh, there's already that in the change room. You know, I had to pull, pick the boys up, and you know, like in the heat of the moment, now everyone's frustrated, and and everyone's knows we we could have we could have taken it, and we had a realistic chance to uh, to win this, and. You know, I don't think, as I said, many teams giving away 14 points. I'd, I'd say there's lots of people at home, the neutrals watching, think, Mate, this is gone, they're going to get their four tries and it's gone. And uh, the way the boys grounded out, and unfortunately we are a team that needs to have to play as a team and, you know, drop balls, errors, wrong wrong system, is things that, that will hurt us badly, and it's been doing that for the last four or five weeks. Yeah, but, but we, we have a really good... Uh, RTP program, return to perform program, and you know a lot of guys have shown. You know Craig Ronaldson's been one before, come back first game back. John Cooney, um, you know Mole was outstanding. Mole uh, did a he had a slight hamstring strain on Thursday, but he he was good. Dennis Buckley's been crook all week. Um, you know obviously he was in the moon boot, and then he had a chest infection, and you know two of them pulling out a big 80 minutes was was massive. You know obviously the other key one, you know giving away down to 14 men too didn't help us as well. Um, but there's so many things we'll go back and it'll, it'll probably kill us and we look at it and go, oh, you know, and then maybe, you know, sometimes a bit easier if they, they blow you out of the water. But when you go back and you look and you're short by two points, it's uh, it's going to be a hard review. That's, that was the hardest thing. We just needed, we could get through to April and then a whole flood of guys coming back uh, would have been ideal, but it's gone. So now those guys are going to have to be come back into Pro 12 and they're all keen to get back playing again. Obviously, since Dave Ellis has left, I've been doing the working with the return, the, all the injured guys on the school work, and, and uh, they're buzzing. They actually probably got the best skill session, those guys, because they are so keen to get back in there. Oh, we've got to make sure we've earned our right to be back in this competition next year. So uh, we've got a week off now, um, and uh, boys can recover, and then we've got five big games on the trot. Um, you know, we'll have um, you know Cardiff, I think we've got Cardiff, Dragons, Zebra, Treviso, Zebra. Um, so uh, there's no doubt we've got to win all of those to get us back on track and hunting around that top six and then see what happens from there. Tiernan, now, first and foremost, I mean, after such a bad start, you came so close to achieving your goal. <coughs> yeah, um, it's disappointing. Obviously, um, we knew obviously the task ahead of us coming over here and our big focus was to come over here and win the game. You know, there was no real other mentality towards it and... 
suppose that first half, the first ten minutes really kind of um, hurt us. I suppose we we didn't match up. I suppose physically from um, from our kick off, and they went the whole length of the pitch. And mentally, that's tough. First five minutes of the game, to concede a try that quickly. So, but in fairness, you know that's that's the the, the good thing about the lads here. Everyone just fronted up, and we got back. We clawed back into the game, um, and to come, I suppose, into the last play of the game there, but still a chance to to qualify. Um, it's pretty sickening that we obviously couldn't get over the line, but. Um, I suppose that's that's just the nature of it. In those closing ten minutes after Muldoon's try, you must have thought you were going to do it at that stage because all the momentum seemed to be with you. Yeah, it did. Um, and we were playing some good rugby on turnover ball, and we were disrupting their line out and things like that. And I think you could see that there was a, a good confidence um, amongst the lads there. And we were down to the twenty-two, and unfortunately, we came away with nothing. We didn't capitalise, I suppose, from all that possession there, twenty-two. Um, so again, that's another another swing, I suppose, in momentum. So. Um, but look, again, we, we got back into it. We got the ball back last play of the game and we didn't capitalise. So um, that's just yeah, that's just the way it turned out. The big thing was, I suppose, not letting them concede another try or score another try because if they scored another try, we were in big trouble then. So um, the first focus, I suppose, was on 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 our defensive mentality to try and keep them out. But the other thing was, we just said we'd be patient and we'll get our opportunity for three points. Um, and I think, obviously, that time, I suppose, we were down in the 22 was probably a big opportunity for us and, um, and we didn't capitalise on it. But I don't think we, we panicked or we rushed and we knew three points at that stage would have got us in. But even if we scored three points, you know, we'd be we have to exit again and they, they could have easily got another opportunity. So um, that's just the way it worked down in 10 minutes. But I don't think there was ever a case where we didn't know what was happening. Um, I think we were in control of what, of what the situation was. We just um, didn't execute it. Obviously, yeah, it's tough straight after the game. It's massively disappointing, but um, Mould spoke there about just taking the positives from it. It's, it's the first time we've ever came anywhere near qualifying um, for the knockout stages. And I suppose after win- after qualifying ourselves off the back for not hoping for Leinster or someone to do us a favour, um, it's something I suppose we, we take a bit of pride from. Um, but it's also, I suppose, a benchmark now. It's something we have to look at. That's We've set our mark there now, and that's where we need to, to strive to be year in, year out. So, um, look, obviously, we're in a, a pretty... Um, tough position at the moment in the league so it's back to the league for us now um, what's done is done here in the European Challenge Cup we'll, we'll take confidence I suppose from, from those wins against Wasps and Toulouse um, but we need to start up in our, our league form and, and hopefully I suppose during the Six Nations period here we can capitalise on that and, and hopefully start crawling back up the table again John uh, epic battle out there but at the end of the day it's, it's Champions Cup it's gone out of, of it just before the quarterfinals such an opportunity for Connick Mistler yeah, it is a big opportunity, and I suppose that's the most disappointing thing. You're you're um, going home with your tails between your legs, going what if? And look, um, undoubtedly, we Jack could have slotted back into the pocket, and um, they'd have had seven or eight minutes to go down and score a try, and they'd have got a f- they could have got four tries, and then we'd be sitting here licking our wounds anyway. So. Yeah, we, we wanted a. Um, we were conscious of the fact that a bonus point was going to be um, would get us there, but also that they couldn't score four tries, and um, we made it very difficult for ourselves in the first half. We just didn't look after the ball, and I, at half time, as just before half time, I said to the lads, unless we look after the ball here, it's going to be a long day. And I think Pat said it was at seventy-five or eighty percent possession they had. Um, I said to the lads at half time now I know how it feels like to play against Connacht because that's what we've been doing to other teams and um, after about 15 minutes I thought my lungs were going to fall out uh, just defending big men and having no ball so look it's ultimately we're very very disappointed but um, it took great heart there at the end um, to be back in the game with 
in the last play of the game so um, positives to take out of it but very very disappointed um, hindsight's brilliant and everything but look it's easy to sit here and say um, we're disappointed and it, like what could it have been but you also have to remember um, we've won four games in the um, in the Champions Cup on the back of qualifying um, for the competition through our own work last season and um, I said to the lads in the dressing room afterwards we're out it's uh, gone and we just got to concentrate now on the Pro 12 and we've got to get some wins on the Pro 12 because uh, when we look at the table um, we know we've got a few uh, results or we need to get a few results to get us back up there and make sure that we're back in this competition next year um, this time last year I think we went on 5 out of 5 with 5 bonus points and ultimately that probably won us the league so we need to um, to start winning some games we talk about um, game management and experience and things like these and um, when you take um, old Tom McCartney and the young John Muldoon out of the uh, the team we have a very very young team and a very inexperienced team and <clears throat> like without being disrespectful to any of the lads um, like Craig was playing for Lansdowne two or three seasons ago and um, so was Matt and they're inexperienced in terms of, um, of I suppose big game situations like this and um, Bundy would have been a big influence out there today and um, I suppose the point I'm getting to is we'll have a lot of lads coming back over the next couple of weeks and they'll add a lot to us and look I don't want to talk about injuries and I don't want to say it's um, this and that and play the poor man's uh, thing but it, it has disrupted us and over the last couple of weeks um, we've been getting more and more lads back and you've been seeing in the performances the performance is getting better the last couple of weeks um, unfortunately uh, you're looking at lads and standing on the wing and you're wondering who the hell is this fella and that's the way it's been for the last few weeks some lads I didn't even know were training with us so look um, thankfully that's, we're coming to the other side of that and we'll have a few uh, lads back over the next couple of weeks which will add great um, competition to us and um, I think that was the key thing last year we competition throughout all the places so yeah look we're, we are disappointed but I take some positive out of it as well gave my hammy a bit of a twinge on uh, Friday yeah so had a um, I had a fitness test to do before the game and um, luckily we had one or two back rows here and it was either yeah, poor old Owen I felt sorry for him he's mentally preparing all day and then it's either uh, start or not be involved at all so um, he looked over at me and I put the thumbs up and he just goes he pointed on himself goes I'm in and I said like, no 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 I'm grand so I'd have to see, like it's. I have to thank the physios and Pat for putting the um, the call in my hands and um, respecting um, my decision. Because I told Pat, I said it, it'll be it'll be either yes or no. There'll be no fifty-fifty. So um, thankfully, it came all right. And look, I'd have uh, easily sat in the stand tonight for a result, but it is what it is. Paralo McKeown, who. What I love about, from day one under Pat Lamb, he's done this thing where he'd have a 24th and a 25th man, uh, a player who's on cover in a trip like this, sometimes just one, sometimes two, at the sports ground two, and their job then, if they're not selected, is to be a water carrier. And what I've loved about Pat Lamb, and what I think is a good indictment of 
the amount of respect the squad have for their coach and how much they fight for him is the fact that everyone who's ever done that role does so with real venom and determination. Maybe some of them don't. Maybe some of them don't do it because they just you know respect the players. But the culture in the team that Lamb's put in there, it mightn't be just about Pat Lamb, no. is if you're given that difficult role of being outside the squad but you must carry water on, the energy's always there. And it's so Holmes McKeown, he's full of energy today. He was, and there's a lot of messages being passed and there's mm. a lot of t- you know talking going on. I once just saw him, he was over talking to... Um, Peter Robb and Craig Ronaldson and I was thinking that's a strange thing for a forward to be over talking to the backs but what actually happened in the next play was that Ronaldson and Robb switched positions oh, and yeah, they made the break up the field yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, and, and so there was space out wide because what the Toulouse were expecting Robb to crash it up as he'd done three or four times prior to that all of a sudden there was space outside and we made it quite a chunk of ground at that stage so. big moment because it was 19-10 then and it was yeah. a great kick from Healy and Hugo made a bit of a meal of it and we got a scrum in the 22 I think yeah, that led yeah. to the drop goal turn yeah exactly yeah we sort of kicked on from there you know and then the other one the other thing that led to the drop goal chance was Sean O'Brien who had a massive impact when he came onto the field the, the guy plays with such energy and vim and vigour and you know violence I suppose is another way to put it but in the, in the right way um, he just brings so much to the team and so much to the game I have to say I was quite disappointed when he wasn't picked in the first place yeah so we're given <laughs> we might as well get a bit of criticism towards Pat Lamb now which is hard to do you know, we're talking about the culture he's created but sometimes some of his selections are going to come into scrutiny he's believed in this Heenan fox Manamua combo played very well against Treviso haven't played well in a couple of games that they played since I think you could possibly say a lot of us wondering why O'Brien wasn't in there you know, the way I look at it, you're looking at the size of the team that, that um, Toulouse picked, and they really picked a monster team. It was a game made for Sean O'Brien, mm. and I think he showed that when he was on the field. Um, Some real good go for. I, I think I overemphasized it in commentary, but no. like he carried the ball at one stage, and I said, that's the kind of go for ball that we haven't seen in the entire game from Connacht, and he made 10 metres in the contact. Well, it was. We, we weren't getting across the game line. They were winning the contacts. For the most mm. part of the game, they were winning the contacts, and mm. like we were doing brilliantly just to stay within any sort of distance of them. Um, I suppose like a major turning point in the game was in the first few minutes the first couple of minutes they kicked the ball Matty Lee caught it looked as though he'd gone to ground fairly and was given the ball back and somehow it came back on the Toulouse side mm. I'll need to see that on TV again to see what exactly happened there they eventually scored from that like 6-7 minutes later and to get 7-0 up that early in the game was massive for them because it, you know, as far as they were concerned it was back level um, we needed to hold them out a little bit longer from, from that point of view but you know you look at it as I say I'm, you couldn't ask a whole hell of a lot more to, for us to be that close at the end of the game was brilliant yes there's a couple of minor things we could quibble about but for the most part to have the, the team with the lowest budget taking on the team with more or less the biggest budget um, and, and making them worry that much and playing a great game at the same time is brilliant let's see if we can qualify again it's going to take some run of results to get us in there next year right we're here in the stadium we're flying home tomorrow flying home right now Lindley and William and they're going to talk to you a little bit about their thoughts on the game Well, it's time to make our way home now from Toulouse. I'm at the airport with uh, Lindley McKenzie. We've come out on the bus and we've met a few unhappy-looking players. They look a bit dejected and a bit fed up and they're sort of putting the best foot forward and uh, as they always are, they're very polite and mannerly young chaps to deal with, but they're obviously a little bit upset, I think, with the performance and the fact that they're no longer in the Champions Cup. Lindley, what what did you make of the game all over? Well, you know, look at the end of the day, everybody knows that 
the start of a match is very important. And both sets teams knew that, we all know that, but it was Toulouse today who actually achieved it. Going 14 points ahead, they completely dominated, and it's always, always going to be an uphill battle after that. And Connett came so close to achieving what they had to achieve. They didn't have to win, they only had to achieve the bonus point. They came so close to it, which I think is the reason for those frustrated, dejected faces around here, because those players knew they could have done it. Yeah, they, they certainly could, and I think the start killed them. Uh, it was my concern that Toulouse would start like that, and it sort of gave them control of the game, and for only a brief period, maybe in the second half, Connacht got the upper hand and, and put a lot of pressure on them and weren't able to convert questions maybe about not taking that drop goal. It was you know It's a points issue, um, but these things happened. Passes didn't go to hand. And I think Toulouse at the at the end were probably quite relieved. I think that they got the job done. Um, they certainly were working pretty hard and blowing a bit by the end of it. If we want to look forward now to uh, where the rest of the Pro 12 season goes, Pat was in the press conference was talking about uh, positives from this game. Do you think they can can really take anything out, or would they be will they really go for the, to enjoy a bit of a break that they're going to get to recharge the batteries? Look, I think the point Pat was making, and and you know, it's it, he's always a very positive person. So you know, just to be negative about losing, you know, is not going to help going forward. So the positives, you know, as he said, was he compared it with the the game in Toulouse three years ago and how far they had come since then. And what he was saying is, you know, that game three years ago. Um, they realistically didn't have a chance of qualifying from the from the pool that they had obviously been handed their ticket to the Champions Cup. But this time was different. They had earned the right to be there. They deserved to be there. And let's face it, I mean, they finished with the 18 points from the games, which is, you know, is, is a very creditable display, particularly when you can compare that you know, with other teams who have been in the Champions Cup year after year, not looking at Alston in particular. So, you know, you have to take the positives about it. I think they'll go home. They'll probably, I think they've got a, the week off and they'll be back in training and they will now be solely focused, solely focused without distraction on the Pro 12. And they know that their season is now riding on the Pro 12 because they simply must qualify for the Champions Cup, Champions Cup next season and it will have to focus the mind Yeah it would be a very big step backwards I think if they were to finish up in the Challenge Cup next year it's possible of course with a new coach coming in that they might look on that as an opportunity um, in, in, in just with, with, with a le less pressure but I think it's a severely uh, devalued tournament which is struggling to get much traction. It certainly will mean less media interest, less sponsorship, much harder to sell out grounds. I mean, for the PR and ticket sales people, they want to be in the Champions Cup. They want to be at the top edge, at the cutting edge of European rugby. And this was a big game today. I mean, it had a big game feel to it. Um, there was a decent enough crowd, although maybe not quite as, as heavily backed by the locals as uh, as they would have expected to lose media chap I was talking to said you know they were they were given a, a lot of stick for what happened to them last week but they have qualified and I suppose maybe that's that's all they, they had to do 
Looking forward now to Connacht involvement in the Six Nations. Yes, um, actually, it, you know, it is a reflection of, of now where, where Connacht are. And there's four Connacht players, I understand, going to be in Joe Schmidt's uh, Six Nations side. Uh, they have a week in training this week. I think they start on Wednesday and we have Turin O'Holloran, which is brilliant. Uh, Finley Bealham, Kieran Marmion and Alton Delan. So it's a very good representation. And, I, I, you know, it, it's something for it's something that Connacht can be proud of and look and those players can look forward to after this disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's excellent to see. And it's it's shows again where, where Connacht are and what 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 they have achieved. And it's a difficult evening maybe to, to pull out positives, but um, I felt one thing that did stand out today was that sometimes errors happened, but they tended not to be repeated. There was a lot of effort put in. Peter Robb got badly caught for the first try, but after that he was really on his game. And it's the small things that, that, that cost them. They've got to keep working at it. Obviously there's going to be a big focus on the incoming uh, coach and, and maybe changes to, to the management team. I feel that needs to be sorted reasonably quickly. I don't want that turning into a saga. Yeah, look, everyone would prefer it to be sorted quickly, absolutely. But the problem is, is that it's more important to get the right person for the job. And I think, you know, that um, people like Willie Rowan and, the, and members of the PGB who are involved in it are, are going to be pretty thorough and that they make sure they get the right person. And I think that is more important, perhaps, than rushing through um, any sort of interview process. And I would imagine that there's been quite a lot of interest. But, you know, you do have to weed out the people who are going to be the fit for Connacht. And um, I think it's more important to get the right person than to hurry it. And good news as well from Connacht ladies, who've got a significant representation on the Six Nations. Yeah, just to follow up from the, the... Well, they're actually doing better than the men with a rep number of representat- representatives. Um, I think there's the, uh, Mary, Mary Healy, Mary Coyne, Alison Miller, Laura Feely, Nicola Friday, Claire Malloy and Kira O'Connor in Ireland training this week uh, for the match versus Wales. So that's great news for the women as well. It certainly is. And this year, all of the women's matches will be available either live on television or streamed online, which is about time because that's been very spasmodic at times and uh, it's good to see with the Women's World Cup of course taking place in Ireland later this year. So from Toulouse Airport before we board the plane back to Dublin we'll say cheerio. Au revoir. Thanks to William there. More from Toulouse Airport in a couple of seconds time but before we get to the any other business section of the podcast Alan any I don't know, final thoughts about this third trip to to, to Toulouse? Can well, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's only my first trip. I didn't make the other two for various reasons. Um, really impressed with the stadium. I think it's a fabulous stadium. I saw Bernard Jackman calling it a dilapidated old stadium, but my God, I'd love to have this in the sports ground or anything close to it. It should be said, his, his stadium is fantastically beautiful in Grenoble, but this is brilliant. This is absolutely fantastic. And I think what we were talking about is there's something, you know, like some of the older GA stadiums that work really, really well. Yeah. Like, I, I think of Killarney, for example. Um, fantastic terracing around. But this is all seats. I'd like a bit of terracing, so would you. Besides that, it's fantastic. It's really simply built. It wouldn't cost a whole lot to build a structure like this. No, no. And, and our, one of, that's probably my favourite place to commentate from because we were able to, when we were packing away, when you were mm. down getting your comedy yourself and we were packing all our stuff away, 
um, we were able to just lay it all out behind us yeah, on the desk and just wrap it up. Yeah. And it was just brilliant. It was very, very, you know, we were able to stand watching the game without anyone annoying anybody. We were uh, on the 22, but I don't think that really affects the commentary, no. does it? No, we're up so high. You get a good angle on the attacking play down the other end of the pitch, yeah. and then the stuff that's right in front of you is, is you get great view. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's good enough. We were well capable of seeing the big screens that are mm. either, either end of the ground as well. And, and then there's the ground itself. Like, I'd been wanting to wonder why, why is it called Stad Ernst Vallon? Oh, uh, yeah. And Ernst Vallon was the first president of Stade Toulouse when they were uh, created in 1907 and they built this place in 1921 and he died that year mm. and he was a, apparently a, a very famous Toulousian who was a judge and a lawyer and a, a guy who did an awful lot of good work for everybody around the town and, and was big into his sport and loved his rugby so it's named after a, a great man I saw some lovely tweets about another great rugby man, Bill McLaren, a hero of all of ours, I think we all grew up listening to. And the usual stuff, someone tweeted out uh, a picture of the way he put his stats together. My God, it was detailed. Um, you haven't reached that level yet, but you put a lot of work into your stats for the commentaries and, and help us all out. And I have to say, just going to quote a couple, of, I wanted to quote a couple of stats before we go from that, that impressed me. One of them, most importantly, was Jan David going back into the French squad for the first time since 2009. Six Toulouse players in the French squad. Are Toulouse a good a good standard bearer of French rugby? Or are you really impressed with where they're going? Or is there... I, I, are we going back towards... Look at what Munster are doing as well. Are we going back towards a different type of rugby? I think we're going back to some old style stuff. Munster are going back to the, their traditional strength and, and to, certainly to lay, today at times Toulouse did as well. Yeah. That was a very different Toulouse side that, that the, the one that played against us yeah. they just tried to just purely bully us the last time whereas today they made sure they when they got opportunities to run they ran and they ran at angles and Huger was fantastic I thought he was amazing in the first half and it was the major difference yeah. between them the, the lines he hit and the lines he ran and Peter Robb was a little bit out of his depth but as the game went on Peter got much more stuck into it and did brilliantly for our try yeah he had um, a pretty good second half and so did Ronald he did yeah. yeah he grew into the game quite a lot and, and got more confident as it went along and that's what you're hoping that you're looking at these guys having the confidence to sort of say yeah we, we can play at this level we are capable of playing at this level um, and that they'll, they'll take this go on a decent run and have us back here again next year we have listeners from outside of the province to this podcast and we welcome you all and we appreciate you following us for the Munster fans I just think we better spend a couple of seconds just listening to some post game audio that I think you'll appreciate is with Thierry Ducetoir when he was asked about the Munster game that's coming up and how it'll shape up so here's some audio from, from that perspective I'm really happy. I don't know if it's a great win, but I'm uh, just happy uh, to, to play the, the, the quarterfinal in, uh, against uh, Angus Munster. Uh, it's been a long time for us uh, that we don't play the, the quarterfinal. Last time it was in, uh, in Munster. It's a bad memory, but uh, we'll try to, to do better next, next time. What went wrong that day in 2014? Sorry? What went wrong that day in Tomlin Park, the last quarterfinal? I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there. That's why uh, I hope that I will be I, I will be there because uh, it's, a, it's a it's a great stadium with a great atmosphere and uh, I've never played there, so for me it would be really nice to to to, to experience this moment. So I hope that uh, the guy will help me to to have a good um, good memory of this moment. That's uh, we know that we. It's going to be really, really hard for us, and we really need a big effort from from Toulouse. What has impressed you about Monster this season? They, uh, I think they, they, they won all the games, uh, and they, they really managed well the, the the pool. I know that they they, they possibly by 
very difficult moment with the loss of uh, Anthony Foley. But it's like that, then this will make them stronger, stronger, and um, the team looks really stronger. And I think that all the um, the, the people from Cork is um, behind them, uh, as always. But it's like more, 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 more this year. So we know that it is going to be be hard. Uh, yesterday they, they they did a great game against uh, Racing Metro. But uh, we're going to take our chance. It's, uh, it's like this. It's a quarterfinal, and I think that we we we, we can hope. But uh, something nice for for Statoulis anyway. Before we go to any other business, we're nearly there. Munster surely are in such a good run. We don't know where they're going to be in April. We don't know what the international injuries are. So if it was if it was next week, you'd give them a great chance against Toulouse, wouldn't you? Um. I don't know. Ooh, I, I'm, I'm, Everyone I'm, is. Yeah, I know everybody is, but I'm, as I say, I'm looking at that Toulouse side and I'm just highly impressed at how long they kept their first team players on the field. It was 65 minutes, 67 minutes before, and they didn't flag that much. They were flagging at the end of the first half, but they were able to get on there yeah. longer. And then when the game finished, their, their guys came out and did a massive amount of fitness work. Big subs who had been used to Yeah, and, and I just think there seems to have been... We, we gave them a real wake-up call. Yes. in the sports ground and I think they've taken that on board and they're coming back towards their old traditional style as well as having the power they're using pace as well they should have beaten Wasps and like I'd say if you're a Munster fan if you're very very confident or if you're part of the Munster coaching they certainly will be watching the first seven minutes of this game that's the most impressive seven minutes anyone's ever played against us it, realistically there's been other teams that's probably started like that against us when we weren't very good but considering how good Connacht are now they're pro 12 champions we didn't touch the ball for seven minutes exactly well we did we touched it once and we didn't we, we did, I, I yeah. don't understand how they managed to turn it back on their side oh, when, when, he, when Healy won it in the air yeah, and their yeah. guy lands on the bloody ground and is allowed yeah. to not roll away yeah. and, that's, and that's what French teams do and that was French teams always do. They play at a million miles an hour and away they go I noticed they didn't do it quite as much in the second half but still managed to get their score in um, by slowing it down a little bit but it is I, I think there's more to this Toulouse side than what was than what we saw in I, actually I, I reckon it was Packy I think Packy's strong criticism in after after the game has, has really shone through and they've listened to this podcast and they've listened to what Packy had to say and now it's all Packy's fault that we've lost this game that's what I'm saying now I'm going down that route he stopped short of calling them like likening them to Winnie the Pooh when he was trying to get out of that uh tight spot after eating too much honey but he was pretty much saying that he was he definitely yeah. was so it's all Packy's fault exact words well done Packy alright back to Toulouse Airport any other business let's start with William and Lindley Lindley, have you any other business? Uh, on the day that's in it, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll go there. I agree. Au revoir. Are any other business, Alan? I'm uh, just looking at the goalposts here. They must be nearly twice the height of our goalposts, and they're painted all the way up to the top. They even put a bit of red and black at the very top. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is, um, you know, surely we can do a little bit, please. Just just a little bit. I know I've gone about it every week, but I'll keep going on about it until we get a little dash of paint on our, our you know, our sports ground's a brilliant stadium. This, this is fantastic. I still love our sports ground and it's just nice to have that little bit done as well. A shout out to the Munleys who we met last night from Knockmore. A shout out to Neil Heenan who is a uh, on a stag coming over from New York 
He said he tried to introduce his fiance to rugby over in America. I think there was a game between London Irish and Harlequins. I hope I haven't got that wrong. Or maybe Saracens over there a couple of years ago. Um, she went along and tried to enjoy it as best she could, but she was a little bit confused by the whole thing. Big shout out to him though. I think he was over here uh, on a stag with the crew. So good stuff, Neil. And I have some money other business. Just a point. I like teams who manage the situation very well. Tiernan Halloran stressed afterwards today that they knew what the scenario was. They were well aware of it. They knew three points would have made it. Maybe they should have taken the chance. And I do believe that. I think Connacht were game aware. I was really impressed with Leinster on Friday night. At a key point in the game, right at the end, Sky commentators are talking about the fact that Leinster need to go to the length of the field to try and win this game because it was level. Leinster just won the line out and kicked it into touch. And the Sky commentator pretty much said, what are they doing? Because uh, he wasn't clued into what they needed to do, but the players were on the pitch. Yeah. Someone had got the message out to Leinster. That's enough to get a home quarter final. End of. Let's not, let's not risk losing that. Brilliant game management from Leinster. Yeah. I love to see it. Really annoys me when teams don't have the basics right in that kind of scenario. Yeah, and I think we had, we had it as well. Yeah, Jack, I think so Jack dropped into the pocket. We just decided not to take it. But, you know, at least we had the games to know that we needed to do it and it was all we needed and maybe they just thought it was a bit too early to, to, to do it but you know let's, let's not go down there I'll just have to make sure I keep my passport in my pocket all the way through Oh I can't believe we got through an entire podcast without mentioning that Folks i I got to describe it right he, he said I, I need to go and open up my bag I, I can't find my passport and off he went I was waiting at the gate and then this announcement comes out with Alan Deegan please return to the security area and I I nearly tripped over myself trying to get my phone out of pocket in case she'd repeat the announcement and she didn't no, no I only I missed it for a couple of minutes I basically left it in the tray when I was emptying one of my five he's trays got he's got enough of a kicking oh, over yeah. that I, I don't think he, you know these things happen right that's it fair play we gotta go and find some food exactly I'm starving and then we gotta get through a long journey home tomorrow next podcast next week what's coming up next week special is there yeah alright you're not part of the production meeting? No, that's William. Okay, right. <laughs> William was interviewing Dave Ellis, who's gone home now, but had played such a huge part in Connick's success in the management team as the skills coach. Really interesting, long interview. Lindley and William sat down with Dave Ellis. You're going to enjoy that. That's next week's podcast special. And then we'll be back in two weeks' time with something else. And we think we're going to just discuss the uh, long-term, wider picture, bigger picture stuff. Exactly. Needs to, be spoken, uh, needs to be spoken about now yeah. this, this probably officially ends the Pat Lam era in reality you know okay yeah. we can still make the Champions Cup for next year but you know their chances of winning anything are now gone so we have to start talking about the future well he said in the uh, post game press conference in the wider part of the press conference that look when I came in we had inherited a spot in this competition we won one game but we had no chance of qualifying I leave came very very close to qualifying we had a great chance in this competition we were here on Mert and I think you can be proud of that that's for sure absolutely couldn't ask for any more <sighs> where can we eat restaurant <laughs> Thank you.